does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Previously on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. All right, back at it on this Tuesday. KB and Andy, we're the Wake Up Call, hanging out with you in the drivehuber.com studios. Reminder coming up, top of the hour, Rick Harlow will join us, Pacers head coach. Not a good one last night. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see what kind of mood everyone's in uh, at 8 o'clock this. Uh, hit that mic. Uh, at 8 o'clock this morning. And uh, so we'll dive jolly. Yeah, so we'll dive into that. And then we were slated to have Adam Silver at about 9.30 NBA commissioner, uh, he's going to reschedule. They have a bad storm going through the New York area. Uh, so, I mean, several, I think, feet of snow are expected. So, we'll hopefully catch up with him down the road. You know, I just wanted to throw this out if if we can, and we'll get to some Colts conversation here in just a second, that I, I don't want to sound like I'm picking on this guy. I, I, I don't want to sound that way. Uh, I know he is a vital piece to the puzzle for the Indiana Pacers, and on top of it, I know, you know he missed a couple games. I know that Benedict Matherin has been under the weather. He's been dealing with some illness. Quinn Buckner yesterday really talked about that on the broadcast. So I don't know how much that has bothered him, but you know, we have now, I'm all about data points and those sorts of things. We've went three games now since the Buddy Heald you know, trade. That is a big moment in, you know, in the Pacer season. So you go back, you look at early season, then you look at the Halliburton injury, and that's kind of like a timetable. And you look at Pascal Siakam and him being added to the team several weeks ago, and that's another data point and how things line up. And one of the conversations around Buddy Heald being moved last Thursday, KB, was, you know, some guys are going to have to step up. There's going to be an opportunity for some other guys. And Benedict Matherin, you know, he's one of those other guys and there's so much predicated in this organization on him not being just a good player or a bench player but being a really good player uh, he's played six again this is in three games 62 minutes since buddy left 15 points eight rebounds and two assists he didn't score last night so again I don't know if it's the effects of the illness I don't know if he's just on a little bit uh, of a of I don't want to say a slump right now I'm not sure what it would be but you know a lot was predicated a lot is going to be predicated on this team taking the next step is going to be on Benedict Matherin let's just say it and you could move buddy because some other guys would step up. And last night, Ben Shepard, three minutes, doesn't come in until the fourth quarter. They're kind of looking for something there. Uh, and then Matherin, kind of a no-show last night. And those those things are worth talking about because they didn't want to move him. And I can understand why. He needs to step up. And in the next few games, after the All-Star break, it's going to be something that we'll, we're going to watch, I would imagine. Yeah, I don't even think there was kind of a no-show. I thought it was a no-show for Matherin last night. Um lethargic like just not his usual usually you have to rein him in like you have to kind of sure throttle it down Ben and I thought last night it was like no you got to throttle it up a little bit uh yeah Quinn it seemed like Quinn almost went a step further in describing how sick he might still be which I don't I don't think I recalled him on the injury report leading into last night there and there's no way you say that without people just being like oh that's an excuse for him so I simply I'm just relaying what Quinn Buckner on the road with the Pacers team, obviously, said about Matherin. When he got pulled there, I forget if it was late. I think it was like late third. 
Um, I kept on looking for him on the bench. I didn't like see him on the bench for the next few minutes. So I, you know, did he go back to the locker room for a bit? Then he eventually came back to the bench. Uh, but then to your point, you know, Shepard took, I assume, Doug McDermott's minutes in the second half. I don't think Doug played in the second half. Shepard came in just briefly there, uh, and that was it. So the bench unit, just terrible last night. Even TJ McConnell wasn't anywhere near you know, what we're used to with him. He had a trio of turnovers there. They so. were minus 17 with TJ McConnell on the floor. I, I don't always yeah. love that number, but right. it does stick out when but you again, look at the box score. Bench night, right. I think, is very fair to say. So, ugly from the Pacers all around. No matter, I don't look, look at one facet of the game and think, oh, Pacers did a nice job here in this area. Uh, so, cannot wait to chat with Rick Carlisle with a hint of sarcasm there. Coming up in 20. <laughs> I have, a bu- I have a buddy who lives in Charlotte. He got pretty. Good. He's a Pacer fan. He's from Indy. He got pretty good tickets to that game, and I was just smiling. I was like, "How much he spent on those tickets to watch the Pacers?" I'm hoping he show. went to the previous game <laughs> he did. against Charlotte. He, he, okay, every right, time they've right. been to Charlotte, he's been there. But he I'm like, "Boy, you splurged on some good tickets. Those are the Jay Query tickets. I like that." Uh, a little Colts <laughs> news that we want to get to uh, coming up a week from today, Andy. That begins a two-week window for teams to apply the franchise tag if they would like to. Now, this is a storyline that we have not needed to put any sort of attention to in recent years. The Colts have had virtually zero realistic franchise tag candidates. We've talked about it before. Pat McAfee in 2013 is the last franchise tag uh, the Colts have given out. Which, by the way, is amazing. That that's the last time they they gave out the tag and that it went to a punter. (laughs) Now, again, the reason why McAfee got it, and just to remind people on what the tag is, it is the average of the five largest salaries of the prior year at that position. Um, I think the other angle is like it's 120% of the prior year's salary for that player. Like Saquon Barkley, for example, if the Giants were to tag him again, they want to make sure that he's making more money right. than he did last year with that tag. Um, and so basically the Colts have had no really quality free agent that you would want to use the tag on. And to be fair, especially in the Chris Bauer era, they've re-signed a lot of their own. They've gotten ahead of the tag. Now all of a sudden you're in a position with Pittman where it's a tool and you could use it. And again, if you use it, Pittman's on this team for next season. Point blank. He's on this team for next season. The projected numbers are just over $20 million for the one-year franchise tag. That would give you, I think it's about a five- or six-month window then to try and get a long-term deal done, which is ideally what the thought process was when the franchise tag was um, created. Um, it is interesting to note, I think I saw a stat the other day, uh, teams have used the tag 23 times in the last three years around the league and less than half have gotten a long-term deal done. So just because you use it sure, doesn't mean you get that deal done. But again, one week from today, that begins a two-week window to where the Colts can use the franchise tag. If they don't use it by March 5th, then that means they'll have just one more week to try and get a deal done with Michael Pittman Jr. or else he would hit free agency. That is Wednesday, March 13th. You don't believe that we'll have any sort of news by Wednesday, March 13th, do you? I mean, you don't expect well, a four-year, you know, some news in the next three weeks because the two-week window you either is use coming the tag up, right. or you don't use the tag. So that will be the first news item. I, I, we will I mean, get, lo- I mean, long-term well, I, t- contract news. Do we expect that? Because you know, I am almost expecting that this goes to the, the franchise. If you look around the league, it would probably easy easy to say no. But I do think there is a lot of mutual mutual liking 
from the Colts with Michael Pittman Jr. And Chris Ballard has never shied away from public remarks positively about Michael Pittman. Same thing with Shane Steichen, even. And, you know, Pittman doesn't go to the extreme that Ballard does in sharing those comments there. So I don't know if I'm there, to be honest with you. I I will continue to say I fully expect Michael Pittman Jr. It would be a surprise if he's not on this team in 2024. How does that look? That is a fair question. And, you know, if you look into some of these free agency projections, again, the franchise tag number is not official yet, but right around $21 million, a little bit less. I think some people feel like Pittman deserves a little bit of a higher annual value if you map out a long-term deal. You know, whatever that is, $23 million, something around there. Um, is that a huge sticking point in these in these negotiations? Um, but I, I bring this up because we haven't had a lot of Colts news items here in the first month of the offseason. We're about to start to get into that. Really, the franchise tag window starts that. The combine, of course, in two weeks. But I threw out a question on Twitter the other day, Andy, of if the Colts let Michael Pittman Jr. walk, what is plan B? You know, what what is the other option on that? I want to throw a couple of these tweets that I got from our listening audience and feel free to react to okay. any of them. Nathaniel goes, they have to draft a wide receiver on day one or day two and then would need to sign and trade for one more. Either that is bringing Pittman back or sign and trade for Mike Evans, T. Higgins, or A.J. Brown. Uh, again, asking what plan B would be. Randy says with the 15th pick, the Colts would draft a wideout. Ballard has no intention of paying a wideout $23 million per year. He's never valued the position. Shane Steich had banged on the table to get Jonathan Taylor done. Does he do that likewise here? Uh, this from Brooks. If they let Pittman Jr. walk, Ballard should be fired immediately. <laughs> the guy is exactly what this team needs. A very good receiver, but also tough and plays when dinged up. To let him walk would be foolish. And last, last one, this pretty simple from Lars, asking what a plan B would be. Lars. He says, there is none. (laughs) Do you see a realistic plan B if you were to let Michael Pittman Jr. walk? Because I do think there is some validity to listening to some of those Ballard's never valued wide at that level. You could easily argue he's never had a wide out in-house particular that meets the criteria that he would hold. But still, what do you think is a realistic plan B, if anything? Uh, okay, so there's a guy that I love, and he's under contract through next season, okay? And he just played in the Super Bowl, and he makes an okay amount of money. And he's going to be making a ton more money, and we'll see what the, the you know, the, the Niners have went all in, and that's Brandon Ayuk. Uh, to to me, he would be, but he's he, not a free agent. He's not a free agent. Uh, the first guy there, you know, talked about trading for AJ Brown and all that. I mean, that's not going to happen. In fact, even trading for a big time wide receiver like that, I just don't feel like is going to happen either. So that sets us up with, well, what other kind of guys are out there? Well, I love Mike Evans, but Mike Evans is you know, 30 years old. And when you talk about, you know, does he match the profile of what a young team with a young quarterback needs? I'm not sure he does. And I love Mike Evans. The only reason I bring up Brandon Ayuk is uh, last week or the week before, um, oh goodness, what's his first name? Is it Brett Spielberger? Help me. Who's yeah. on with JMV? Brad, maybe. Yeah, I think that's Brad. And I should cut the sound. I should find it. This is a week or a week or two ago. And they talked about Brandon Ayuk of, hey, you know, this is a guy that potentially, you know, you could see some sort of a trade. You could see, you know, do the Niners, you know, this could be a year, but do the Niners, what are they going to do in rewarding him with a contract? But I don't think any of the 
backup options are options that Colts fans are going to care for. Now, the the, the question that I have that would be twofold is, I agree with the Ballard may not want to pay $23, $24 million to a wide receiver. Understandable. But I don't, what other option does he have as well? When you start talking about options, when we look around the NFL, I'm not sure. And on top of it, there just haven't been a litany of guys that have demanded that type of money. You mentioned it a second ago. I think you're, you're spot on. I also view it as if, if Pittman, because I think the franchise tag here is something that if they use it, it's not like a bad guy thing for Ballard. Now, does it harm the relationship? We just saw Jonathan Taylor have a pretty harmed relationship, and when the money was right, he signed the contract, right? So Pittman, you know, I always think, well, you know, there's going to be bad blood. It's like Barkley's pissed off at the New York Giants. You know, if the Giants put a four-year deal that had $81 million guaranteed, or, you know, that number's obviously too high, that he would sign that deal. Uh, So the relationship aspect here is interesting uh, as well. I, 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 My biggest takeaway on all the Pittman stuff is this. He is one guy. Jonathan Taylor was not this. Taylor was liked, but in my view, is not this. Pittman is one guy that if you let him walk, fans are going to be upset. And it's going to be an overwhelming majority. With the Jonathan Taylor stuff, KB, you know, fans came out of the woodwork. He's a diva. He's a running back. You know, he, had, you know, last year he was injured. Uh, when these guys get older, the value of the running back position became a big talking point. That's not the case at wide receiver, and it's not the case with uh, with Michael Pittman. And then the other thing, the last thing I would say is the tweet of. Move up and grab somebody. Nate Atkins had a piece in the start today. I don't know if you saw it. That, you know, even if you have to move up a couple spots to get Brock Bowers, you do it. I have brought those things up. Chris Bauer doesn't move up in the draft. You've, you know, you've said that on the air quite a bit. So those are my thoughts around Michael Pittman. He'll be back next year. I tend to think they franchise him and they work something out. But regardless, he's going to be back next year, and the cab number would be about 21.7 mil if he were to be tagged. Go back to a Ballard comment during the end of the season presser when asked specifically about the whiteout market. Definitely made me think, and I mean, Bowen, every time I freaking read or listen to Bowen, it's like a constant freaking barrage of of, of uh, wideouts. I think we're approaching the anniversary of that, Mark. Uh, that was a combine press get conference. A, should I get a cake? Is that, right. is that two years ago then? Oh, no, I think is, it was, was pre- it last three. Year? I think it was pre-COVID. Yeah. Oh, it was pre-COVID. Yeah. That was, that was okay. the last event we were at, and then the world shut down. I was going to say, I've been standing on the table for wideouts for quite some time. But to, to Ballard, you know, again, a lot of people, you know, he never pays for the premium positions. He never pays for wideout. He had an interesting comment last month at that season-ending presser. He made the gas price analogy in regards to wideout. You want to drive your car? You're going to have to pay that price. Like that, You want a wideout? You're going to have to pay that price. It was one of the first times I've, I kind of walked away thinking, alright, he's kind of got no choice. He's he, a bit handcuffed. He has no choice and, with Michael and, Pittman. Again, to me, when you have Anthony Richardson, you have the wideout core that you do, Michael Pittman Jr. is a number one on your depth chart. To me, there's no realistic plan B. Unless you're going out and training for Justin Jefferson right. or trading for whatever, Jamar like whoever you want to throw out there that is clearly above Michael Pittman Jr., realistically, there's no one like that. I don't put Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley, and T. Higgins and these other free agent wideouts, even if they hit the open market, I don't put them in that category. And I would make the argument, and finances would be difficult to make this happen, 
I'd make the argument the plan B needs to be honestly an additional name. Well, that's at that the con- position. That's the conversation. That to Not me is Deepman. the bigger yep. question. You brought up Brandon Ayuk. Well, it's Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel, right. along with George Kittle. I go back and I've brought this up numerous times. Look at Miami and look at Philadelphia and both of those teams and how their wideout core has been built. Philadelphia spent a very high draft pick on Devontae Smith. Miami spent a very high draft pick on Jalen Waddell. And yet, when they had two extremely accomplished collegiate quarterbacks in Tua and Jalen Hurts, they still sat there and thought, nope, what we have at wideout is not enough. We need to go above and beyond. We need to do make something more happen there. What does Miami do? They trade for Tyreek Hill. What does Philadelphia do? They trade for A.J. Brown. That's how I view the Colts situation. If you want to play out the analogy, okay, whatever, Pittman might be considered your version of Waddle, your version of Devontae Smith. And I say that just because those teams drafted those respective players. I'm not saying Pittman Jr. is the exact type of player that those guys are, but you can't stop there with your building at the wide receiver position. So I threw it out there of, okay, what would plan B be just out of curiosity? And does anyone have like something that makes me pause and say, okay, I can see where you're coming from on that. And I didn't get anywhere with anything of realistic nature to it again to me you got to stack another one on top of it how does that look does that happen this offseason it might not but you need to do it early on in the Anthony Richardson rookie contract because again whether it's Tua in Miami whether it's Hurts in Philly go back to Stefan Diggs being traded to Buffalo for Josh Allen a lot of these teams did those sorts of things when these quarterbacks were on their rookie deals. Is Diggs a guy that interests you at all? Just, he's he's 31. He's evaporated a little yeah, bit in that Buffalo that offense. too old. I, Probably. And but again, there's a diva element to every wideout, but I, I, I'd wonder if he's a little bit too much of a like demanding the win now and just maybe not as open-minded to growing with what you have right here. You're spot on that the conversation isn't Pittman. Pittman, the bill is the bill. The gas price is the gas price. The loaf of bread price is the loaf of bread price. That's how it's viewed. It's who else can you find around it? And right now they need two, three, four more weapons around Anthony Richardson. And the beauty is in this draft and future drafts, wideout is a deep spot. I mean, that that, that continues to be uh, how the college game has evolved. So uh, certainly the Pacers, or the Pacers, uh, the Colts are going to have to hit on that at some point unless they make a substantial trade. All right, speaking of Pacers, on the other side. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Rick Carlisle joins us now. All right, 8 o'clock, hanging out with you here on the fan hour number two, broadcasting live from the drivehubler.com studios. KB and Andy, wake up call uh, here in Indianapolis. Busy, busy show today. Reminder, uh, rescheduling NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. Hope to have him join us later in the week. All the NBA festivities. They have a nasty storm right now going through the Northeast, New New Jersey, New York area, Pennsylvania, Philly, and all that's being pounded uh, pretty hard there. So we'll catch up with him hopefully later in the week. Brendan King will 
join us coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. Indiana State in the top 25 for the first time since Larry Bird. All right, a lot of Pacers conversation today. Let's keep that going. You know it's 8 o'clock here on this Tuesday. Rick Carlisle, Pacers head coach, joining us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, Coach, good morning. I guess let's start with this. Uh, I know you're not happy, I'm sure, about the game last night. In one of the clips we had, and we played it earlier, you did mention learning something, getting something positive uh, from a bad moment. Last night was a bad moment. What do you think your team can learn from that loss last night in Charlotte? Uh, Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear us? Yeah, I can. Okay, good. Uh, Before we get started, I I want to, uh, I may uh, send out special best wishes to um, Ashley Preston, who's the daughter of uh, our uh, VP of uh, Public Relations, Mike Preston. She's having ACL surgery as we speak. She uh, had an ACL injury uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, playing with her club team. And she's a uh, a great young soccer player, Ever Buff. And uh, it's a scary time, but she's going to do great. And she's an ass kicker. And uh, just want to send out love and best wishes to her as she uh, as she goes through this. So uh, anyway, yeah. So you know, the game last night was uh, uh, was tough. Not good. Didn't play well. Um, and yeah, it's got it. We got to make it a learning experience. Um, you know, simply a situation where, um, a team had just made a pretty significant move, picked up five new players, uh, got pretty juiced up two nights earlier, uh, in a game at their place against Memphis. Yeah. <laughs> They broke a pretty long losing streak in that one, and then uh, in our game, you know, they they just uh, they were able to just hang around and 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 outlast us, and uh, so it was disappointing. Um, nobody liked the way the whole game went, and so it's just got to be a lesson learned, and you know, the importance of just laser focus. Finding a way at a at a at a challenging time of the year with with All Star break around the corner. Coach you took a timeout. I think it was less than two minutes into the game last night. What specifically had you uh, feeling the need to do that? We had one. What I thought was a glaring, uh, glaringly bad defensive mistake, and so yeah, you just you just want to uh, you, you want to correct something like that. Absolutely, immediately, um, and try to get you know try to get the the club refocused. And uh, yeah, I just it was a frustrating game. I mean, at one point, I think it was we had a seven point lead in the first quarter and had like three or four chances to make it a nine point lead, and it just it had a couple of just uncharacteristic, untimely turnovers, a couple of shots that needed to be better shots and you know one of the turnovers turned into a three for them and then we weren't able to score the next time and then they scored again or I think it was another three and then all of a sudden it's a one point game and we we lost the first quarter by a point so I think it's just more of the same it's just uh, (laughs) situationally um, it's kind of like field position in football you know it's we just uh, we just did not 
do our job as well as we needed to. He's Rick Carlisle. One final game for the All-Star break coming up tomorrow night in Toronto. 7.30 tip for the Pacers against the Raptors. Coach, I'd say more so than any other team in the league, you guys have some great, great wins over the top of the league and then also have several losses against teams that would be in the basement of the league. What do you make of such a stark contrast in many you know, big wins, but also several losses against teams that, again, will uh, be in the lottery? I think it speaks to the the nature of the league now. It's just the, the parity is uh, is it's greater than it's ever been. You know, even with the teams that have eight or ten wins or twelve wins or whatever whatever Charlotte has, and and you know, it's it's a it's a compete league, and you know, even the teams that aren't good are competing well. Um, you know. Look at the Memphis game we had a couple of weeks ago. I mean, they're without uh, three of their main guys. You know, uh, no Morant, no Bain at the time. Um, you know, uh, no Adams, or he may have just been traded or something like that. And you know, we just it was a barn burner of a game, and they make you play every single possession. And we, you know, we simply had to outlast them. It's a, it's a one possession clutch game. And so um, everything's on a fine line. And so you, you've just got to be, you've got to have your total wits about you the entire time. And, um, you know, you, you've got to be, you've got to be focused and you've got to have a major killer instinct. And uh, the basics of the game are actually absolutely critical. And so, you know, we came up short last night. Um, and so we paid a price. Rick Carlisle with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. You mentioned Killer Instinct. I know you mentioned that a couple times after the game as well. Uh, and that focus is like, how do you get that? Is that just playing more? Is is this group being together more and more? Is that how you achieve that? How do you achieve that and grill that into the guys as a head coach? Got to be an attitude that you develop. Um, and I, look, there's no there's no excuses. I mean, this is a this is a thing where uh, our team's got to learn a lesson. And you know, like look at Toronto last night; they were a big favorite against San Antonio at home. And San Antonio, who's had a very rough year, you know, wins and losses, now is putting some wins together. Um, and you know, Toronto. I I haven't watched the game yet. I'll watch it this morning, but uh, they had probably a similar type game, and and so they paid a price. You know, they, they lost by twenty two points at home or twenty three points at home um, to you know one of the, one of the bottom teams in the entire league. So, you know, we're coming back in here tomorrow to Toronto with with Pascal, and and he's he's coming home, and you know he's a a former high-level support player on a championship team and a starter and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, this is going to be a barn burner type game, and we're going to have to be ready. Again, Rick Carlisle's with us here. Pacers lose last night in Charlotte, as he said, off to Toronto for tomorrow night, final game before the week-long All-Star break for the Pacers. Uh, Coach, it's our first conversation with you since the trade deadline and what transpired um, there are reports out there that Buddy Heald asked to be traded. Can you confirm that? No, I can't. Uh, whatever, whatever Chad Buchanan 
Um, when he when he had his media availability that night after the game, whatever he said, and I don't know the exact transcript. Um, you know, that's that's the position of the of the team, and so, um, yeah, Buddy was uh, was a terrific player for us for a couple of years. Um, you know, un- unfortunately, in life and in the NBA, <laughs> everything changes and everything comes to an end eventually, and so, um, you know, he had to. Uh, he had to move on, and, and we wish him well. Obviously, they're different players, but how can you compare losing Buddy to what you hope Doug McDermott brings to you guys? Uh, they are different, um, but they're, the, the similarities are they're both terrific players off movement. They both shoot the ball extremely well. Um, and, you know, Doug's, Doug's only been here two games, and so um, – He's getting his feet wet pretty quickly, um, but I, you know, I do believe he can help us, and um, we get another opportunity for him tomorrow. Rick Carlisle joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline tomorrow night. Last game uh, in Toronto, last game before the NBA All Star break. So a lot of conversation there. I, I wanted to just ask you, uh, what is the? I guess what's the health? Is Benedict Matherin feeling well? The reason I asked that, Quinn Buckner brought it up on the Bally's broadcast quite a bit last night. And in the three games since Buddy uh, was shipped away, just 15 points, a couple assists, and eight rebounds in those three games. How is he feeling? And is this, I guess, how much more of an opportunity with Buddy gone is this for Matherin to get out there and to learn and to show what he can do? Well, he was sick. Um, I don't know, the other week, I'm trying to remember when this was, he he missed two games. And I really want to make sure I got this right. He missed two games. We started him against Sacramento because he was fresh they were uh they were waiting on us um i think coming out of new york and <clears throat> so we started him in that game then he got then he got sick for a game or, or a game or two and then and then came back um he banged his leg in the game at new york three nights ago and I didn't think he looked right last night physically. And so, you know, we'll see, we'll see where he is today. I mean, he hates losing, hates missing games, always says he's okay. Um, But, you know, if he's not right, um, (laughs) maybe he shouldn't be out there, you know? So we'll, uh, we'll take a closer look at him today. Um, But I'm, you know, I'm concerned about his health. Rick Carlisle is with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. One final game for the All-Star break uh, in Toronto coming up tomorrow night. Coach, obviously rest and recovery is a big part of what the next week will be about. From a staff standpoint, when you guys reconvene uh, early next week, what will be some of the focus points as you get ready for you know, a stretch run with you guys right in the thick of trying to earn, I would assume, one of those top six spots and avoid the plan? Well, health has got to be the first thing. Uh, you know, Jalen Smith will not play tomorrow uh, in Toronto. He, he has a he has an issue with his back that just is one of those, is one of the, those things that um, therapy helps, uh, but um, there's no substitute for rest and what he needs from Mother Nature in that in that instance. So uh, we're hoping that 
you know, this period of a few days before the break and then six days during the break will uh, present a situation where he'll be much better and be able to play coming out of the break. If not, he'll, you know, he may miss an additional game or two or three. I mean, we'll, we'll have to see, but that's, that's something, you know, Tyrese has been dealing with, um, you know, his return to play. Um, as you've noticed, his, his minutes have increased gradually um, and he's doing better. But if you, if you look at his statistics, you know, since, since coming back, um, you know, his averages are, are down. And so this, this is, this is something that just doesn't simply happen overnight. So, um, the hope is that, you know, once we get through all-star break and come back and all that kind of stuff, he'll be feeling, you know, uh, uh, absolutely a hundred percent. And, um, that will be very important. Coach, can you tell the the offensive uh, or can you tell the staff there at the All Star Game that you would prefer Halliburton to only play a certain amount of mo- uh, minutes in the game? Is that a silly thing for me to even ask you? What kind of conversations you know have you had? It's going to be a big week for him. He's going to be very active, not not totally resting, maybe like some of the other guys on your roster. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I understand and. You know, that's one of the things that um, we hope you know doesn't go crazy. I mean, um, it, it's it's a time of year where you know there'll be a lot of promotional opportunities. This is where agents you know make make their make their wages and stuff like that. I, it's, Tyrese is a smart smart guy, and like, you know he's, he he understands how important he is to us. And so, uh, you know, I, I have implicit trust that, that he'll handle everything fine. Um, and we, you know, when you're, when you're started in the all-star game, I mean, that's, that's a big freaking deal, man. Sure. That's, sure. That, that's, you know, that's, you know, we hope that this is going to be a, a yearly thing, a perennial thing. Um, but a lot of guys, a lot of guys that are are great players never get a chance to start in the All Star game. So it's a it's an amazing honor for him and and well earned and well deserved. Rick Carlisle with us, Pacers head coach on the Payless Liquors Hotline here on the Fan on this Tuesday. All right, I had to ask you this, and I appreciate the patience. So I don't know how much you saw of the Super Bowl coach, but uh, the Forty ers coach Kyle Shanahan's been beat up the last day and a half or so because some of his players admitted they did not know the new rule. Uh, for you know uh, the overtime rule in the Super Bowl, they learned that actually as the overtime was getting ready to start. Uh, we know the rule book of the NBA is also thick. How do you go about making sure you and your staff are up to date on every rule, and then the players as well? Are you the one that describes them? Do you bring in someone from the NBA from the outside with any rule changes? How do you guys do it at the NBA level? I ask because obviously the Super Bowl it's such a big conversation from that game. Well, we every NBA team has a rules liaison, and so our rule, rules liaison is Mike Weiner on my staff, and so um, it's his it's his duty um, to collect any information on rule changes, you know, year to year as they happen. They have they have zooms, they have uh, all kinds of different things. Um, he brings that information to me and the staff, and and. 
you know, we, we, uh, we go from there. Um, but I'm not going to get into a thing about, you know, what happened in the Super Bowl. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's a great coach. I mean, you know, um, to, 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 you know, to, uh, to have any opinion at all about that is none of my business. I have two, I have two greater respect for him as, as a coach and what he's done. Coach, we'll end with this. We know in your conversation with us last week, you mentioned, and I think I've got the town right, Ogdensburg, is that correct, where you're headed to see your parents after tomorrow night's game? Yes, that's right. Ogdensburg, New York. Ogdensburg. It's a border border town on uh, in northern New York State. Um, there's a bridge to Canada uh, in Ogdensburg, and you go across the bridge, you pay three or four or five or six dollars, whatever it is now, and you know, if you have your passport, you know, you can you can go over and 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 do uh, you know do whatever you want over there. It's uh, it's really it's really an interesting thing to have growing up. You know, just the fact that you can so readily uh, go to Canada. So, um, as I think I mentioned last week, uh, my brother's going to come up for the game, and then we're going to we'll take an early train Thursday morning. Uh, to from Toronto to Brockville, New York, which is about 15 minutes from Augsburg, Brockville, Ontario, I should say. And uh, so, I get to see my parents for you know a better part of a day and a half. Then it's uh, then it's on to uh, Charlottesville. Well, safe travels to that. Safe travels to see Abby at UVA and enjoy that. I did want to end with this again. All Star Weekend, obviously here in our city, when your colleagues reach out to you and say, all right, uh, give us a spot to go to, maybe a restaurant or two, uh, do you give them any recommendations of note you'd like to share? Well, I, I have some obvious ones. I mean, uh, obviously St. Elmo's is, is you know, kind of world-famous, world-renowned. Uh, my my favorite restaurant in Carmel is uh, is Savor up at uh, Monon in Maine, um, and there's a lot of there's a lot of great ones. You know, I mean, uh, my other uh, one of my other hangouts ever since I came here as an assistant coach in 1997 is is Irie's Italian restaurant up on College Avenue. Mm, okay. so those are those are kind of my recommendations. You know, I know I know the people in, in all those places, and uh, and those are great, but. Uh, Indy is is one of the great convention cities in all the world. I mean, nobody does it quite like Indianapolis. You know, everything from the basketball court in the airport, you know, to just the uh, the welcoming spirit. It's um, it's an exciting time, and uh, you know, I'm sure it's going to be uh, an amazing few days uh, during All Star Weekend. Coach, enjoy the family time. Got to be pretty cool to see not only your brother tonight, but or tomorrow night, but obviously your parents, and then hang out with Abby for a few days. And uh, as always, we appreciate the conversations and uh, good luck tomorrow. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. 
Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. All night, rounded out the first half. Okay, thanks guys. Take care. Jalen, he surely needs, he's one of the guys uh, that needs the rest of the All-Star break, and they're kind of worried about Matherin. I mean, Carlisle did say, sound worried about, you know, he had been ill. He didn't look right last um, night. He didn't look right last night, so he said maybe he won't play, so we'll see uh, what happens there as well. Pacers and Raptors coming up tomorrow night right here on the fan. Alright, let's, you know, there's been some, some good stories and some bad stories in local college basketball, and one of the great stories is what is going on at great Indiana story. State. Indiana State in action tonight against Illinois State in a man who will be on the call there for ESPN+. Plus. His name is Brendan King, and he joins us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. BK, good morning, man. How are you? What's up, fellas? Uh, listen, I've never been sandwiched between a Hall of Fame basketball coach and the commish, so I'll do my best to take <laughs> well, you to Silver. Well, you still uh, aren't. Yeah. yeah. yeah we so, got some bad news for S- you. Silver had to cancel last oh, no. second. Yeah, but it was funny. No, it was. It, it was. It would have been funny, yes, it's if like you were sandwiched. It's like the test, Brendan. Like, what doesn't belong here? Rick Carlisle, Adam Silver, Brendan King. Nothing against you, but. No. I I, uh, I actually was going to send you a meme. It's like the three dragons, two looking serious, one looking dumb. I'm the dumb one, and they're the they're the serious ones. But hey, maybe another time. Well, now now that uh, you know, we'll hope to have silver on later in the week. Now we'll just keep you the entire hour. So get ready. Uh, we're going to pepper you with uh, pepper you with uh, Indiana State uh, and Butler questions, I guess, along uh, the way. Brendan King joining us here on the show. Uh, so Indiana State back in the top twenty five since Larry Bird. I'm sure this. This will be a conversation piece. They're huge favorites tonight. 18, 19 point favorites over Illinois State. But you got to think, hey, we're in the top 25. We got to make sure, you know, we don't blow this and we don't mess this up immediately. Has, uh, I guess, if Illinois State were to keep this close tonight, how would they do so, Brendan? Well, that's the thing, right, Andy? Because when you get, a lot of times this happens when a team gets to the number one spot in the country. And unfortunately, it's happened to Purdue a couple times where. You get to that point and you lose right away. So, yeah, I mean, you got to prove it for sure. The thing with Illinois State, their head coach, Ryan Peden, who was a Butler assistant when I was going to school um, at Butler, and he's a great dude, but they're dealing with all kinds of injury problems. Their leading scorer, uh, Darius Burford, has been out. Jordan Davis, who is actually Johnny Davis's twin, he's been mm-hmm. out too. He transferred in from Wisconsin. So, they're playing a couple freshmen, but they just lost a heartbreaker on the road at Southern Illinois where they were down 19. They get back within three or four, and they lose that game by three. So, yeah, I think it's just a matter of everybody in the Indiana State lineup, guys, is shooting 30% plus from deep, including their center, Robbie Avila, who I'm sure we'll talk about. The, sure. the college Jokic is what he's been called. And, you know, even a guy like Jason Kent, who is known more as an inside player and plays inside the three-point line, you know, he's shooting 32% from three. So it should be a fun environment in the Holman Center where expecting a sellout. And um, again, like you said, Andy, just got to take care of business if you're a Sycamore fan. Yeah, watching that game against Drake, uh, Brendan uh, Kent was outstanding on the glass in that one there. He's kind of one of those, you know, maybe smaller mid-major big guys if you even want to label him. As that again, Brendan King is with us. You certainly hear him on these airwaves, the play-by-play man for the South Bend Cubs. He's called several Indiana State games this year. He'll be on the call tonight, ESPN Plus, 
uh, Brendan and Matt Wren have got you from Paradise. Okay, Brendan, for our audience out there that is yet to see an Indiana State game, yet to see the Sycamores mm-hmm. play, just describe stylistically what you watch when you see the Sycamores and Josh Hurts. It's pretty, first of all. I mean, getting to watch their practices is pretty cool, and I'm going to head out a little early, watch a little shoot-around action, too. It's a pretty mix, Kev, of outside shooting and then something that you just don't see a lot anymore. It's almost a point-forward type effect because they'll let a guy like Isaiah Swope, former Castle High School man, started at Southern Indiana. Actually, last year, Swope dropped 28 against Indiana State, beat them, and transferred in this season. And then a guy like Ron started Pike and South Florida first. And he's averaging just over 15 a game now. Just had 28 big-time points in their prior game. But as much as the outside shooting is prevalent for ISU guys, it's Avila running the point almost from a center spot, and he's doing spinoramas at the elbow. <laughs> he's dropping off to cuts for Kent. And, Kevin, that was the guy you brought up earlier, Jason Kent, of in that Michigan State game earlier this season, which was one of their few losses. Robbie, Robbie Hummel, excuse me, uh, called Jason Kent arguably a top three cutter in the country. Uh, the Missouri Valley is full of teams that build their offenses around cutting. It's a little old school, and it's cool to watch. So if you've never watched an Indiana State game, Jason Kent, he can shoot from a corner, but he is great at cutting at the baseline, and it's usually Avila that's finding him. And the stat of that night from that Michigan State game plays that result in a Jason Kent cut. This is like, major Ken Palm. I don't even know how you find this. We're nerding out right here. Yeah. Plays that result in a Jason Kent cut having 80% field goal percentage. So uh, I would go to that often if I'm uh, (laughs) Josh Shirts. Yeah, that, you, that's you, some advanced analytics right there. Right I like here. that. Yeah. That is quite I like the stat that. crew. Yeah, I mean, when you say beautiful, I, I I know it might sound a little stupid, but like, you know, there are some people that don't love the college basketball game because they don't feel like it is the greatest brand of basketball. But you watch Indiana State, it, it is beautiful basketball in, in how you watch them, their ability to cut, uh, how they space the floor. Um, they, it's really fun to watch. Can Brendan King is with us here. Obviously, you hear him on these airways. He's got the call tonight, Indiana State and Illinois State from Terre Haute. Uh, was this expected at all? I, I mean, uh, a, a ranking, Brendan, it's probably way too premature to have said that. But, like, I guess what was the thought preseason, Moval? Because, I mean, there's part of me, I'm a sucker for the sentimental story. I mean, that town was robbed of a super regional last mm-hmm. spring. I know you know that story right. pretty well with, you know, the scheduling issues and the logistical nightmare they had, and they had to go play at TCU when their baseball team advanced to the super regional. So I love the story, but I guess, did we think this was a possibility even in the preseason? I couldn't even fathom it. And I mean, guys, I'm super lucky because this opportunity to even start doing some games for them came from their baseball team. That was the story of campus. Uh, and it still is, right? I mean, they're a, they're a NCAA tournament, college World Series capable college baseball team with Mitch Hanna's running the show, and they are expecting themselves internally to be back there. 
But yeah, I mean, I start. I've done six or seven of these games, Kevin, and many of them have been with Matt Wren, of course, an Indiana State Hall of Famer. And yeah, I'm gonna go see Matt a little bit later. You know, that's a guy that played in two NCAA tournaments, but he was never part of a top 25 roster, which is crazy to say. Again, this is the first game for Indiana State ranked since 1979, as you said, Andy, with Larry Bird. So I don't think you can even fathom that. I mean, their second game of the year was down at Alabama. They got blitzed by 22. Now, to be fair, Avila didn't play. But then they just started winning. They went to their Feast Week tournament in Vegas, and be it, they didn't play crazy competition. You know, it wasn't anything like Atlantis or Maui or whatever, but you know, they won three in a row there. They got off to a good start in non-conference play. Um, you know, they lost at Michigan State. They beat Ball State in that Indy Classic, right? So they just kind of got off on the right foot. They seem really bought into shirts. And I think I think that's another conversation in itself, guys. Like, depending on where they go and how they do, especially next month, uh, Josh Shirts could be a pretty hot commodity. Sure, in the uh, without world. question. Now, now I you know who, that's still to be told, right? I mean, you got to get there. You probably got to win a few games. But hey, if if I'm a team in the Big Ten and I'm struggling, or I don't know if you're a bottom tier big east team i mean that's a you see what indiana state's doing right now offensively you're like i want i want a piece of that right right now bracketology this is just joe lenardi now he has him as the automatic qualifier he has him as an 11 seed playing the six seed in kentucky (laughs) that'd be that'd be a juicy matchup we even had we even had the conversation if they could get to the eight nine that would be awesome if they beat kentucky oh that uh, that would be awesome by the way kentucky's lost three straight in rupp arena for the first time since 1966 shirts to lexington (laughs) calling it now right you're you're waiting to drop that one in this interview (laughs) you better believe it the other thing about Matt Wren is, and I'm trying to find the exact year, I went to the NCAA tournament in Memphis, Brendan, when it was at the old Mm. Pyramid. If you remember, I think the Pyramid now is a Bass Pro Shop, uh, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs) But the old Pyramid, that's when and KB, you'll love these names, Calvin Sampson was still at Oklahoma, and I remember uh, Jay Rich, Jason Richardson was the big big player at Michigan State, uh, if you remember those things. And Indiana State beat one of those teams, and I'm trying to find it because you know, it was probably like 98 or something like that. I was like 13, 14, 15 years old. Sometimes uh, I feel like going to the tournament. Oklahoma one of those years. Yeah, but I, did, I, I'm, but I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure it was it, it was Oklahoma, and I just remember eating a bunch of a bunch of barbecue nachos in Memphis. That, that's that's all that I did. Uh, Brendan King with us here uh, on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, where do you stand on this team being an automatic qualifier? Do you think they can drop a game and still uh, and still make it as an, an at-large? I mean, that is now the pressure that's going to be on this team the rest of February and into March, I would imagine. Yeah, that's a good question, and that's really the question of the month. And truthfully, I don't know. I, I think tonight will tell us a lot, guys, just in how you come out as a top 25 school. Because as mentally strong as they are, and again, I, you know, I've done enough of these games. I've watched enough of these practices. It really is a fun group to be around. They love each other. And it, that's you know, cliche to say, but it really is a closely knit group. But, I mean, you take a peek at the remaining schedule. Um, you know, it's some bottom of the barrel Missouri Valley teams. Now I think February 28th, random Wednesday at Evansville, that kind of screams tough game to me. 
Uh, David Ragland does a great job down at Evansville, and that's a program that's just getting built. And, you know, your last game, senior day against Murray State. But, you know, the next three after this one, Southern Illinois, Valparaiso, UIC, I think that's pretty manageable. But, again, I think tonight will tell us a lot. And, you know, you mentioned that bracketology report, Andy. I was looking at at the same exact thing. Kentucky in the first round would be (laughs) wild. And then on the other side of that bracket, there's Illinois slash Vermont waiting. And then Texas is in there, North Carolina. I mean, there's no easy path. I know JMV is counting his blessings because, what was it, a couple years, a couple weeks ago, Lenardi had them playing Florida Atlantic first round. That that would be nightmare scenario for JMV. (laughs) Yeah, we need them to avoid Purdue. We don't need any stupid 7-10 Indiana State Butler either. Spread yeah, out no, the state no, teams. Yeah, we, 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 we cannot. And honestly, the person that probably can't have it more than any is our guest right now. He is Brendan King. Of course, you hear them on these air uh, on these airwaves. And tonight he'll be on the call 7 o'clock from Terre Haute, Indiana State, and Illinois State. Brendan, for those unfamiliar with your Butler connection, I don't know if I have the fraternity right, but are you still living in Delta Tau Delta on Butler's campus? <laughs> So I didn't expect to get roasted at 9.15 a.m., but yes, I'm currently doing this interview from a fraternity ass. That's right. (laughs) Now, explain for our audience out there uh, what your job entails, and you have to be the only human being awake in that place right now, right? Uh, Well, probably. So I am uh, the house dad at uh, my old fraternity. I have done this, Kevin, actually, when we were doing shows together, I was just getting started doing that. So... It's already been three years, which is crazy. Um, yeah, I, I like to say I'm the only broadcaster in professional baseball that lives in a frat house, and uh, <laughs> we are we are, <laughs> we are going on three years doing it. And, no, in all seriousness, this is uh, it sounds crazy, but it is the best gig ever. Um, the, our house here on campus it has like its own section of the house. It's its own apartment. And I get to live in it, and uh, it's a house of sixty-three fellas, and uh, th- they do great stuff. I'm very, I'm a very proud house dad. Can I say that? <laughs> I absolutely love it. There's no better story than the man that's calling Indiana State basketball. Also, the house dad at I'm Butler. Stunned. And, I'm stunned right now. And by the dogs the way. are on their you way to the it? tourney. No, Brendan, I I had absolutely oh, no idea. I, I had no idea. And oh, yeah. so you're yeah. talking. So everybody in town knows this by dude, now. It's the I, worst I, kept I, secret in the world. I know nothing. I know nothing, and so KB asked that question. I'm amazed. You're answering the question. I'm thinking about the 19 different follow-ups I might have to this, and then Kevin goes, yeah, we can break. We can break. I'm like, break? We? I mean, to hell with Indiana State. This is the most important thing that I've found out since I've lived here, since August. kick a Keystone Light can <laughs> on his way to yeah. his car here on this Tuesday morning as he heads Good out for to you. Terre Haute. I, I love that. No more keg stands. Uh, I got a broadcast tomorrow. Well, I mean, that, that was my follow-up is someone ever get in trouble, you got to be the bad guy. Are you always the good guy? You got to be the bad guy occasionally. Um, yeah, I mean, you gotta, I'm the cool guy, you know, I feel like I'm the good, I'm the good cop because, uh, there's the guys that actually own the house that are usually the bad cop. Gotcha. Um, Okay. I I hope, I hope they don't not pay me this month because I, uh, I said that, but, um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I I didn't expect to answer these questions to be honest with you, but I'd like, uh, you know, I, I graduated less than 10 years ago, so I understand what they're going through, if you know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. I like that. When do you head out to Arizona for a little spring training action? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to be out there the second week of March. It's pretty cool. The Cubs prospects are playing the White Sox prospects in like this 
specially designed prospect game, and um, cool it's going to be nationally televised and um, going to be out there for that. Get to catch some of our guys playing in the game, and you know, hopefully, uh, Mark Dykeson by that time, uh, Cody Bellinger will be back in Cubby Blue. <laughs> oh, so please, we'll and then add a few oh, more. Boy. You need to add more, not just add Bellinger. You need Blake Snell or somebody. Come on now. Well, well. <laughs> one, one at a time here, my man. Well, you, you signed Bellinger and you're back to square one. You're back to where you were last season. You need to add. We've gone going. everywhere with Brendan We're King also today. putting Brendan in a bad spot. It's like, talk about the uh, fraternity house and what happens. Hey, talk about the Cubs prospects and how they need to get more free agents. Andy, this, was, this was the entirety of the show when I was on it, so don't worry. The first time ranked in 45 years. He will be on the call tonight. Brendan King calling the Sycamores of Indiana State. And we are uh, well-versed here with a little fraternity talk about his dogs as well. Uh, and, of course, the South Bend Cubs coming up here in a few weeks. BK, always enjoy the conversations, man. Love to see the continued great success. You deserve it. And I can't wait to be tuning in tonight. Thanks, fellas. Please do not TP the house while I'm gone. <laughs> Brendan King. <laughs>